Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. All right, let's start the show. Yeah. Here we go. Let's go. The only thing you missed of the live stream, Yoshi, is people roasting my mustache for a solid 20 minutes. So oh, it's been good. I mean, so here's the thing. I know you you know it's roastable, right? Like, like, <laughs> like I mean, it's like you're you're doing that to yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's just <laughs> you don't put that mustache on and then expect everyone to just go about their day. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good for uh, an audio podcast. Is talking about. <laughs> what we physically look like that really <laughs> oh jacob himself just said like the main character from lorax cool <laughs> oh i got some good ones ned flanders and uh dr phil the college years was one oh yeah there's yeah. some good ones rolling in yeah i scared some people this weekend who hadn't seen me in a while and they were like what the <laughs> <laughs> like family members or just normal normal like comedians yeah like people out at shows <laughs> i was like whoa okay <laughs> but i was just about to get into the questions so you're right on time so all right <sighs> how many shows did you do this weekend <laughs> Oh, and I, we got feedback in the Facebook group that people liked you roasting me about family trips. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if we should post this as a podcast. And then there was a discussion in the Facebook group that people enjoyed it. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said undercover. Yeah. You look like you would be a substitute undercover teacher trying to get kids to buy the meth. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Adderall, but I guess, yeah, that's meth. Yeah, the cul-de-sac crack. Yeah, that was... Cul-de-sac crack. Yeah, it's a, it's a winner for sure. I think my favorite one was about... Um, uh, Zeb Ballantyne had said, if Joel shows up at your house, you're either going to be audited by the IRS or converting to Mormonism. <laughs> but Aaron has a good idea. If we can donate hair for Yoshi. <laughs> I like my smooth cut. I've been, I'm so used to this now. Some good. I'm yeah, so I like you look good. I like talking about the visuals for the podcast. It really makes them feel a part of the live stream we do every Tuesday oh, that sure. they're not here for. Yeah. Yoshi is bald and beautiful, and Joel is mustachy. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. And hunky. <laughs> Mustache and hunky, right? Mustache and hunky. I guess. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I did shows this weekend. Did you do shows this weekend? I did shows at Plano this weekend. Yep. Plano takes. Oh, in Texas. Yep. How were those? They were good. They were good shows. This is a nice club. Uh, House of Comedy in yeah, House of Comedy in Plano. Super nice club. Ooh. Sizable. Very nice. Was the audience or the audiences any different out there? Um. You know, I think they like edgier stuff, definitely. I definitely think they responded more to the edgier stuff uh, than some of the audiences out here. But very, like, very receptive to, like, anything and everything. Like, there wasn't a lot of... I didn't see a lot of people pulling back on jokes or on material. Mm. It was just, like, kind of free-for-all. And then people are like, okay, if you're going to go there, let's go there kind of thing. They were, They were just... They were kind audiences. Oh, good. So you, you yeah. didn't bomb. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Someone said you look like an avocado seed. I don't know what's happening. All right. I'll stop reading the live chat. <laughs> I'll stop reading those. We'll read the questions, but I'll stop. I don't know what. <laughs> Hannibal Burris's dad. All right. They're coming into Yoshi now, but they're all race jokes. So I don't know if that's. Oh, it's. Fine. I guess mine were all race jokes, technically. I mean, so, you know. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, here's the thing. People will always tell me that I look like another black person that they know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> And then it'll just go through the gamut. Not, I, I look nothing close. Hannibal Burris, I have gotten before. So that one's that one I'll give some cleverness to. That's that's not bad. I, rem I remember um, I went several years ago. Hannibal Burris did the Buckhead, Buckhead Theater. So I went to just like watch him. Yeah. And um, I got a photo with him after. And we had to take a second one with the flash on because it was so... Like you literally couldn't see him and we had to take another one with the flash on. Yeah. I took a picture with him too. And I made sure I smiled because I, that's <laughs> the only thing. <laughs> because he doesn't smile for pictures either. Like he's not a smiler. He yeah, just looks he's, very he's a cool breeze. He's a cool yeah, cat. He's very cool breeze. Mr. Yeah. doesn't smile for pictures. Yeah. It was, uh, that's so funny, dude. He does that's music hilarious. now. Does he really? Yeah, he's into music. I, I remember I did uh, I did a corporate gig at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte during the holidays, and Hannibal yeah. was just there, and he was telling me how um, Hannibal's starting to do stand-up again just so he can pay for his music, is what he was saying. Cause he's, oh, just so he can like fund his music uh, career. That's hilarious. So, there's that. You know, there's yep. a lot of crossover, music and comedy. Not yeah, I'm. That's not surprising. I could definitely see Hannibal very much like into music, especially if it's like comedic stuff. Because his mind yeah, I don't know works what it in is. a very different kind of way. I feel like he's doing just like serious, just trying to like another medium type deal. I don't even think he's trying to be funny. Oh really? Okay. I think so. Just another creative outlet. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, he's one of those that bounces to his own drum he's definitely a guy who's kind of just built it doing basically what he wants to do and in absolutely. his own voice and pace so absolutely which i guess is the goal really at the end of the day yeah yeah yeah. I doing things do your way yeah do you whatever it is just do that boo so boo. where'd you perform this week where'd you uh what spot uh, i did um an avenue i performed at an outdoor show at uh, the peachtree city avenue so i'm doing another one this friday at the marietta avenue but it's basically an outdoor show and you do an hour and it's just you and just people sitting there and people walking around and so the like i'm for this one i'm i'm standing in front of like a cafe when in front of cafe windows so there's a cafe behind me and then people are sitting watching me but then there's the door right next to me so people are going in and out of the cafe the whole time so it's really good if you have add it really is good to help you get focused when you're um but i mean it it, it went well it's just i mean it's just it's just an hour of like you from beginning to end, you know, and, uh, it's outdoors. So the sound isn't great for like laughter and stuff. You just kind of have to keep telling yourself that it's going okay. Cause people are smiling, even if you don't hear them all the time. So, so were the people far away from you, like where you couldn't see them or it was just so much going on that you were, so like, were you back, were you like background music or were you like, no, I was the, the show. So, no, that yeah, they yeah. they do these shows every month, I think. There, okay. um, no, I was like, people showed up for the show, so like, yeah, yeah, there was like tables in front of me, and then some like seating behind the tables, so it was uh -huh. like set up for a show. Yep, it was but just, there was just a lot of movement, but there was still a lot of movement because it's like a, an avenue, so it's like an outdoor mall, so there's still people walking around. 
and there's like I'm standing in front of a cafe, so there's like people eating behind me in the sure. window, and then there's people you know, going funny. in and out of the door. Describing it as an avenue, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> oh, I but thought you were Mister HOA, so I figured you would. No, I have. But what's an avenue? Is that a, it's like, like an outdoor mall? HOA? So it's like an outdoor shopping center. That's what's called an avenue. It's like a it's like a chain of outdoor malls called the Avenue. So oh, there's like Peachtree City that. Avenue. There's Marietta Avenue. Gotcha. So then they'll book um, or through a third party, they book comedy shows at these avenues, and then you'll just Got go it. perform at different avenues. Okay, very cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that yeah okay. could have clarified Got the it. setup there. Okay, so. And people come out for these shows. They sit down. They're there for comedy. Is there anyone introducing you at this outdoor show? I mean, it's it's the lady that is like part of, she's like the person in charge of events for the Avenue. Yeah. So yeah. she just goes up there and basically is like, all right, our comedian today is Joel Byers. And then she like reads my bio for my website. And then, you know, it's one of those deals where they say your name and then your intro and then your name again type deal. <laughs> and then she just read my bio for my, for my website that I, for sure. I need to update. Every time I hear someone do that, I was like, I need to update that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you just go up cold and then you just gotta, and then you just go. For sure. Uh, so in that hour, I guess, so how'd you, how'd you how'd you feel about the hour was it like good was it bad was it like distracting was it material was it crowd work like how'd you sort of organize your hour yeah it was uh, it was survival i mean it was <laughs> pulling out all the stops you that know it wasn't even on the list but <laughs> <laughs> one of those you just you i mean if if fortunately i've done this before and i've done other gigs where it is literally like all right we just want you to perform an hour and it's just you from beginning middle and end type deal so that since you have an hour you can kind of ease into it so i just kind of eased into it like a little introductory hello everyone welcome I'm Joel Byers. I'm excited to hang out with you here for the next little bit and just kind of be a little more conversational. I didn't come out just swinging from the jump, but I pretty quickly got distracted and was just commenting on things. And I did some crowd work and material and then reacted to certain things. I think a teenager walked by and yelled something out at me um, and then just kept walking type deal. Um, I think he yelled you suck or something like that or you rock maybe it was you rock maybe that's what it was but yeah. um yeah it's i mean that kind of gig it's survival it's like what do i need to do if i if i could make balloon animals i would have brought those with me i mean you know <laughs> you're just you're just filling that time for sure so in gigs like that are you mostly relying on uh the audience to give you something or do you rely on material or do you stray away from it like how do you mix your material into the crowd work stuff if it's like survival mode i i do material until something presents itself so like yeah. i had a set list i like prepared of like here's what i want to do but i also want to be open to any thing that happens in the moment as well. So I sure. I have material that I'll that I'm doing, but if something happens, then I'm more than happy to divert from the material. Got it. Cuz you can always, you know, in an hour you can you can kind of go around off the off the schedule, get lost but still have time to get back, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but I welcome yeah, I welcome the distractions and disruptions in a set like that for sure. Okay. It was good. Very yeah, good. I mean, it it went good, but it was one of those afterwards you're like, oh man, that was work. Like you just, it was one of those, you just have to keep going. Like every joke, you have to like reestablish that you're funny. It's like, 
because mm. it was outdoors so all the laughter evaporates into the air and they were laughing you know some crowds just laugh and then all right what's next type deal for sure there's no roll there's no momentum so it was like every joke was like doing another like deadlift so i, I after that set i was like oh really really earned that one <laughs> But you need those reps. You need those reps. So sure. it was good. Um, I hadn't good. done one like that in a little while. So it was it was good reps. And then the next night, I I did a like a show that I mean it was just everything worked. You're just like flying. It was like the it what it, it did get roll and there was momentum and I was just kind of like surfing. So it was comedy balances you out like that. You know where one set you're like oh that was work and another you're like just just flying yeah 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 yeah. so it, it all, all balanced right. out mm. nice and then um right. sun sunday i did uh the show with zarna garg who that is punchline? yeah she sold out six shows at the punchline nice um and she killed she's very funny like yeah I saw her Amazon special and we've had her on the podcast, Yeah, but I hadn't seen her live and it was uh -huh. all different from her special. And she like killed, like she's very, she's very funny. A lot of social media people, it's not always the case, but she was like legitimately funny and like the stuff she had, you could tell it wasn't killing because it was her audience. Like this stuff would like, it just kills like the stuff she had. So I was, I was a uh, very impressed to say the least. Yeah. And she was just super nice. I mean, she's a super nice person, but that's awesome. She six shows, dude sold out. Yeah. I mean, she's a big deal. Like she's no mm -hmm. like small time potato. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? She's, mm -hmm. she's crushing it right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, just her work ethic during the pandemic to do all those Zoom shows, like talk about somebody leaning in. Like she did a whole bunch of corporate stuff and mm -hmm. uh just like leaned into that stuff. Like, I mean, I can't imagine there's not too many people who I know that like I don't know if she said she enjoyed the pandemic like comedy, but talk about taking advantage of it she definitely took advantage of it big time and she was talking she hadn't been home in um six weeks she'd been on the road for six weeks she said she had been doing weekends and then she shot a movie for a few in weeks and they couldn't leave um like set for whatever reason yeah so she had been away from home for six weeks she was talking about how like she misses her her kids and family and stuff and i was just like dang but you sold out yeah. six shows <laughs> so it's always you know it's like the grass always greener you think it'd be like super jazzed and all that but then when you talk to like people as like a person they're like yeah it's very cool and i'm very grateful but i miss my family and i want to be home type deal you know what i mean for sure so that was a little eye opening of seeing the other side of it of like, oh my gosh, she's killing it. And she's like, I'm ready to be home. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little eye opening. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, that's the life. It's, that's the lifestyle. That's part of it. You know, that I think that's, I haven't released the interview yet, but when I interviewed Steve Byrne, I was like talking with him about it because he's been doing it 30 years and he lives on the road and he's like at some point it's like i mean this is what you signed up for you know he's like we're we're on the road that's basically we're ramblers so it's just kind of part of the gig yeah part of the gig but it gets you thinking yeah you want to be away from family that much you know i don't know about that much but i mean i think the the advantage I would like to take advantage of is to bring my family on the road with me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've done that a couple of times where if I had like, a, I did a gig in Nashville, just brought the family with me, did a gig in Huntsville, brought the family with me. 
and they just made a weekend out of it. And I just did like, I just did the stuff at night. So I was pretty much hanging out with them and just disappeared during the time when it was time for them to have dinner and sleep. You know what I mean? So it's a good point. When possible, that's what I'd like to do. That'd be kind of like the ultimate thing. Cause my, my family likes to travel and likes to like do other stuff. So, I mean, I mean, I think the hard thing would be like, but that was when I had like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday gig or like a Friday, Saturday, like a weekend. Some of these shows are like some of these weekend road gigs are like Thursday through Saturday or like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you're flying out on Monday. You know what I mean? So but that's that's something I, I did hear Adam Sandler talk about is that he brings his family everywhere. So like when he shoots movies, his family's there when he's on tour, his family's there. So there are ways to make it work. You For know, sure. Yeah. When you're, I guess, especially when you're selling tickets. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're selling out, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like a one nighter in the back of a bowling alley type deal. <laughs> not that I would ever do that. Unless someone watching or listening would like to pay me to, then I will do it again. I've done several of those. I'm not afraid of money. Yeah. I, I crush places where it smells like feet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Bill Burr ca- calls it a killing in obscurity. I think is what, um, just killing in obscurity. Oh my God. Oh man. I haven't been looking at the comments. I am getting, my mustache is getting roasted. Oh dude, we've been getting roasted this whole time. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, barely, I'm barely looking. I think people are just like having a field day. Oh, they are. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all. Yeah. If y'all have any comedy questions, feel free to ask. I know there were a few earlier, but we kind of went off. But yeah. That, that was a big takeaway. Just thinking of, yeah, family. Cause you know, we defined family last week of what family actually is for each of us. So, <laughs> oh, Oz said congrats to all on dry bar. Thank you. Yay, yay. Yeah, it's been getting a lot of positive feedback. I've been getting a lot of messages about it. And a lot of people have been sharing it as well, which I greatly appreciate. So I yeah, I appreciate everyone that's been showing the special love. It's been it was it was, it's a fun one. I'm I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. Uh so the questions. Jim Perry said, an un- I look like an unemployed fireman. That's great. <laughs> One of many roasts I'm getting here. I like him, though, and you're right. You're right. I, I am, um, I'm, I'm signing up for this. I'm, I volu- I'm getting, I'm voluntarily growing a mustache like this. I don't know what I expect. Um, Carol asked, how do you book feature club spots? Well, this... I mean, this club doesn't book me, um, the club I performed at. Anytime I've worked there, it's been because the headliner says, hey, book Joel. Um, And then they're like, oh, you had a really good set. I was like, yeah, I've been headlining for four (laughs) years while you were not booking me. So, yeah, I've been working. And I'm not bitter, and I'm grateful, and they're... (laughs) <laughs> I swear I'm... That, should be, that should be the name of your new special I'm not bitter, I'm grateful <laughs> I feel like that's literally every every headliner that's not getting booked at like their home club or the club right. that they enjoyed going to uh that's exactly what their special is but here's the thing i remember uh when i was at the world series a couple years ago this uh comedy club owner and booker said you're not gonna get booked at your home club it's just very rare that you get booked at your home club and he said it's because they saw you when you started Mm, and this club definitely did yeah, it's a hard yeah. thing for them to like wrap their heads around, right? But if you look at, I mean, 
and it's not that like people aren't getting booked locally, but if that's where you're like are on regularly, very few. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, even that club, they're booking folks that are more regulars at the other club than their club. Hmm. You know what I mean? At least all the features are. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's no like a system there either. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, we're going to have you do this for a little bit and then do this. At least not one that I know of. I think it's kind of just or, sort of a random pick a comedian to host, pick a comedian to feature kind of thing. So you just never know. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things focusing on what you can control. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm really not bitter. I was bitter for like eight years, but like now I don't (laughs) care. I, I have no hard feelings against anyone at that club. And I go there a lot of weekends just to watch the headliners. And I talk to the staff and all that. So it's literally nothing personal, but it was, they hadn't seen me perform in a while. So it was funny to hear them be like oh those i that was good i was like yeah i'm like a touring headliner i just did an opener set yeah but in like a sold out room that was hot like zarna's audience was that was another that was another interesting thing is like the kind of crowd you want because i've heard like People like Mark Norman and Sam Morell, like they're killing it, selling out. But I hear them talking about, oh, you know that, you know, the audience is, you know how the audience is always drunk or things like that. Like they talk about how drunk their audience gets. But then yeah. you think about like Nate Bargatze, he talks about how nice his audience is and like how like the venues actually comment on how nice his fans are and how like yeah. it's not rambunctious. And Zarna her fans were like super nice and supportive and just very caring. And like, they were excited to be there type deal. So it was another interesting thing of like, Oh, well, what kind of audience do you want to attract? Like your comedy is going to attract, it's going to be a direct reflection of what you're talking about and who you are on stage. So you want to make sure that there's, there's like a connection and an authenticity there. So you're not attracting like the wrong people. Oh, yeah, those are facts. I mean, and you think about, yeah, you think about those two comedians that you just mentioned, uh, Norman and Sam Morell, like their material is very much catered to that stuff of mm-hmm. being a little bit wilder, a little bit, you know, on the edge, mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, uh, I mean, drunker, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I think I've seen Sam Morell at a club where the audience wasn't drunk. I mean, and he did fine, but you could just tell that didn't feel like his audience. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a podcast together called We Might Be Drunk. So, I mean, it's like, it's part of who they are, but it was just For interesting sure. of like them hearing these successful comedians talk about their different experiences now that they have a fan base and they're not just out on the road performing for strangers. So that was an interesting thing seeing Zarna's audience of like, oh, that felt good. Like they were very nice and just enjoyed the entire experience. So that was, it's very eye opening when thinking about comedians and what you're writing about and what you want to be known for. It's like your audience is going to be a direct reflection of whatever you're talking about. So, you know, be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. Who Good problem it? to have. I mean, they're selling out theaters, you know, so I mean, for sure. It's nothing negative, but it is interesting yeah, to see people's progression in their career and then the things they're complaining about now or talking about now of like these good problems to have type deal. Yeah. I can't wait for those problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> oh, for oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. My audience, oh, they were just, they were so drunk. I mean, if <laughs> the fact that they know me <laughs> would just be... <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. I'll take mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, where you don't have to introduce, where someone doesn't have to introduce your <laughs> your bio from your website. From your website? Like, the Weather the Channel. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I had the Weather Channel on there. <laughs> yeah, there's levels to this. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. But it's better than, 
he's a comedian let's give it up <laughs> here he is yeah exactly yeah that yeah that was that was a uh, yeah so a lot of yeah a lot of good yeah just it was very eye-opening getting to work with zarna and just That's learning awesome. those few things about like family and then also yeah just business and yeah so it was yeah very eye-opening weekend very exciting what was different about her versus other people that you've seen like live was, yeah i don't i mean i don't know how many people i've seen i guess maybe matt rife is the other recent one where it's like it's like their audience like these are clearly because uh zarna's indian she's known as like basically one of the only indian female comedians or maybe the most famous indian female comedian so yeah. it was like primarily indian people and it, it was clearly like her audience so i honestly i hadn't really been around that except for i mean matt rife when i saw him in atlanta i mean it was it was like a boy band walked on stage i mean it was screaming like there were signs like it was <laughs> It was like Beatlemania seeing this guy. And it's even bigger now since when I saw him That's like a few so months funny. ago. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I hadn't really watched someone perform for their audience like Got that it. before, but it was interesting to see her jokes and realize that those would translate beyond just like her audience. Like she wasn't killing because it was her crowd. Like she actually had just really good jokes and it just happened to be that her crowd was there type deal. But she wasn't, she, yeah, that that set would have killed in front of not, like, her fans. Like, I don't think she was, like, leaning on anything in particular yeah. or, like, trying to pander anything. Like, I, it was just a great set, regardless of if it was her fans or not, it would have killed. Was it all material, or did she do crowd work, like, or was she just kind of loose? Like, how would you describe sort of a Zarna guard show? She did a little bit of both. Okay. Um she she weaved in some crowd work but it was primarily material yeah. and it seemed like if she did crowd work it was leading into like material she didn't really kill too much time um like doing much crowd work now i talked to reggie the sound guy at the comedy club and he was mentioning how much her jokes evolved from friday to sunday when i worked with her where like Ooh. he could see each show she was like actively trying new things and trying to build out certain bits and he actually said she would write i didn't really see her do this on sunday but he said she would write with the audience so she had a joke about like a certain song or something or mm -hmm. certain style of music and he said on friday she asked the audience for like suggestions on music or like funny songs or whatever that ended up being coming a part of her bit. So he said on Friday, she asked a question about it. And then he yeah. said the rest of the weekend, it was just like a bit. Like she didn't ask or poll the audience. She just picked her favorite one from the audience that night. And then now she, it was a statement. It wasn't a question. She made it a bit. So she would actually write with the audience, which was really interesting. Oh, that's different. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. yeah, like writing with the audience. Yeah. I don't think I've ever even heard of that concept, dude. I, I know. That's what I was trying to think, too. I don't think I've ever heard of, like, people. I, th I think maybe I heard Aziz mention it once years ago. But it's like he would almost do crowd work on a topic to find out what to mention about that topic. But that made me think yeah. I had this bit about cereal. And the only joke right now is about Frosted Flakes. But that made me think... Oh, maybe doing crowd work about cereal and different mm -hmm. types of cereal will maybe give me new ideas of how to like build the bit out more. Yeah. Clayton English has this joke about breakfast Superheroes. cereal. Oh, is it cereal? Um, it's about cereal, but it's a like, it's about the mascots on all the cereal boxes. So like it's, uh, he asked the crowd, he basically starts asking the crowd, like what their favorite cereal is. And as soon as he says it, he there's like a joke about every mascot from every cereal. It's kind of like, you, you remember Max Fine used to have a bit about where he knew every single like Disney 
child show, like just legit, any child show that was ever on Disney. He knew the main actor, the second main actor, and he could tell you like the, uh, <laughs> like the theme song, like he knew everything about all of it. So it's like, I think it's one of those things. I always think it's interesting to have like one thing that you know so much about and then bring it to an audience. I think, um, like, uh, who is that? There's this new comedian, Jeffrey Asmus. Is it Jeffrey? Uh, I think that's his name, Jeffrey something. And he's got a bit where he talks about how he knows every single country and capital. And so the audience just names a country and then he'll tell them the capital and an interesting oh. fact about the capital. So oh, it's like almost like a knowledge thing that only he knows. But the way he he set up the bit, it was so hilarious. He'd be like, hey, guys, I don't mean to brag, but uh, I know every capital of all 240 countries, which is the reason I never got any play when I was younger. <laughs> so just name a country. Uh -huh. And so it was just like a funny element of like just knowing so much about a certain topic. What hurts is that what you just said Clayton does is what I was thinking I should do. <laughs> and then you go, oh. oh yeah, Clayton does that with cereal. No, no I have a joke about Tony the Oh, you have the joke about Tony the Tiger. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of how I could do about other cereals, but then you just said that's what Clayton does. So no 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 no. His I thought he did about, about superheroes. I didn't know he did one about cereal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he about, has one like, about black superheroes like that. Yeah, he does have one about black superheroes. I'm trying to think if because I think Tony the Tiger was just like, I don't think he ever did anything on Tony the Tiger. Because he's talking about, no, 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 he just criticizes a cereal. Like, he's like, oh, that's not a very good cereal. Like, it's just like commentary mm -hmm. on the cereal. Not like, but he, he just knows like facts about him. And I just happen to remember that he talked about like the character on the cereal box. Right, as well. right. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, it was fun because then somebody I remember seeing him do it at like one of the late shows, like the 1 a.m. show. Somebody said something about a cereal and he's like, oh, that's that's like rich people cereal. I don't know anything about that one. And he's just like, <laughs> just like, no, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah, dude, are you these this roast session? I've never been roasted like. Yeah, there's um, a lot going on. I mean, there is a lot of roasting going on. Yeah, I mean, a lot going on. <laughs> these people are lucky we can't see them because we've got bars for these people, right? So the They're... only thing we can really roast is like their names. But yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, there's people, a lot of roasting going on. We look like the second coming of the A team. That's pretty solid. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that check. Mm -hmm. I'll take that check. 2023 version of Home Alone. <laughs> Why did I steal your garbage cans? Do I look poor? I'm in a HOA. I'm in a basement, dude. <laughs> I'm in a basement. <laughs> I'm in a finished basement, bro. And this isn't the only level. All right. There's, there's yeah, levels there's to levels this house. To this. I know. I helped Yoshi move into that house. I know the levels, and there's multiple. Yoshi is doing just fine. Just Thank you very much. <laughs> For all y'all roasting. <laughs> you should have roasted him for being late. I'm surprised no one. <laughs> but I know uh, Far Farley has uh, asked this one a few times. He said, if other people write your jokes, what's your opinion of that person? Do you think that person is a lesser comedian in your opinion? A few people have asked me if they could write jokes for me. Um, I don't, I could care less if other people write jokes for me. I don't think it's a, I don't, I have no pride on whether you want to write for me or not. Like, I'm still going to write my own stuff, but if you have something and I like it and you don't mind if I take it, I don't, I don't have an attachment to it. Such a degree where I, nah, I got to write my own stuff. I feel like 
that's one of those things that <laughs> that rappers have done in the past. Like Drake got in trouble for ghostwriting and all this stuff. And it's like, it's funny because the big time rapper said, oh, we don't like that. But then all the other not big time rappers literally said, well, when you're in a booth with like somebody, you're going to like give them lines or give them tags or give them something that they can rap about. And everyone sort of writes as a team. So I think I'm okay with collaborating for in that aspect of if somebody wants to write me a joke. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I don't mean, yeah, I don't have any problems with that. Either way, I mean, yeah. I mean, the only problem is if people are stealing jokes, but like if, yeah, I don't, yeah, you do you boo on that one. I think that's kind of like how we talked people using chat GPT to write jokes. So like, I mean, do whatever. Yeah. Do whatever you gotta do. You know, as long as you're not stealing jokes, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, Oz asked, well, after congrats on the dry bar special, he says, oh, and then he said to celebrate, you grew a mustache to celebrate the dry bar. Yeah. That was my goal is I wanted my dry bar special to come out and then no one be able to recognize me. <laughs> that was my goal <laughs> with, uh, timing out this mustache when the dry bar comes out. I waited two years for dry bar to come out just so I could grow this mustache. Hilarious. Um, but he said, I'm doing my first headlining gig this weekend. Most, which one is that? Hold on. Which sound effect is that? <laughs> there it is. Sorry if that was loud on the podcast. Um, doing his first headlining gig this weekend. Most time I've ever done 30 plus minutes. Nice. Any advice? Um, Ooh. I'd probably say the biggest thing is to slow down. <laughs> Sorry. Brian just said Joel grew that mustache in a dish on the table. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to make mustache memes on these roasts, I'll uh I'll post them. That's hilarious. Or you can post them in the Facebook group. Um that's hilarious. But yeah, that's a really good point though, Yoshi. Slow down. So what? Mustache rife, I think, is the best thing ever. To mustache rife. I need to clip that. I need to clip that. That that was really funny. Was that from last week or two weeks ago? That was from last week. From last week. That's so funny. Um, but that yeah, that is a really good point to slow down. That's a big one because that when you yeah. get longer time, you can take your time and you really you want to make sure you slow down and breathe. Yeah, yeah. And um, don't be in any hurry. Like I think like. You're doing 30 plus minutes. I mean, you don't, and especially if you're accustomed to like a short, like a five minute open mic and you just, you're coming out swinging, like a longer set, you can really ease into it. Like you don't have to come out and just start swinging right away. Like you can literally kind of like I said, I did this weekend, I'm doing an hour yeah, and it's just me. So like the beginning little bit was literally just more introductory of like, Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Joel. I'm excited to be here and hanging out with y'all. And I was like, who is who has been to this show before? And I kind of just, I was a little more conversational. I wasn't even doing jokes. I was more just like, here I am talking on stage. This is how it's going to be for the next hour. So I'm just kind of creating a rapport with you. So when you have a longer set, there's time to get into the material. You can really just ease into it, especially for, you know, 30 plus, you know, that's, that's, that's a good chunk of time to just lean with it, rock with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, 30 plus is a good amount of time. And then also, I think one of the things that I have, uh, like in watching back my own sets that are like longer, I, I recognize that I didn't, I didn't breathe, which I think is so important in between sets. Like if you're on a, like in between jokes, like if you're on a roll, 
you have a tendency to want to keep being on that role when you get the audience. Whereas like in a 30 minute set, you can just wait for it to like die down and then go into the joke rather than trying to like build that momentum kind of thing up. So I think that's an important factor is just like breathing and recognizing that you don't have to speed through all of this. Another thing that I saw uh, Ali Sadiq does, this isn't a much longer set, but during his like, you know, he's prolific storyteller comedian in his hour at the 15, 45 minute mark during what's called the check drop uh, spot area, which is when checks are being dropped at the club. He does one liners for like 10, 15 minutes mm. before he does like his closer. And it's because not everyone is paying attention because they're worried about their checks. So he's just kind of like entertaining in the background, but not trying to be the center focus of the gig because he knows that they're like counting their money and getting their money out, all this other stuff. So they're taking care of business. So, which I thought was just super intuitive with the audience. I mean, obviously a lot of people do that and they know when the check drops, but I love the fact that he changed his set and changed his material to something that was quicker, not as story driven as most of his jokes are during just that time. Yeah. And I think for, Oz to organize his set just like any other of like you want to open with like you're like a joke you know works and you want to close with a joke you know works kind of organize it that your set list that way but I think prepare for it the same way you do another set in that sense of still create a set list I mean you know still rehearse it if you can like really just run through it and time it out just to make sure but I think, I mean, yeah, I think the biggest one is just remember to slow down. Cause I mean, I remember starting to do longer sets back in my day. I remember, I remember my first headlining gig. I ran out of material and started rubbing the wall and rolling around on the floor and doing all sorts of stuff, trying to fill yeah. time. Um, so yeah, slowing down is you got yeah if you make your set list be prepared that way off stage but on stage just slow down you got plenty of time my friend facts nice oh and jacob himself gave us a a super chat <laughs> hit him with the share horn mm, mm, mm. um very nice um I think Zeb asked this one in our Facebook group. Uh, if I can, where'd it go? I think this is it. He said, what are some tips, tricks, and keys to writing callbacks? Tips, tricks, so, um, and keys. I think the key to callbacks, I think, is really to um, make sure it flows with the material and not to try to force callbacks. If there's mm -hmm. a natural way that the callback comes into your joke, then by all means use it. But I think forcing callbacks can be sniffed out by the audience. Like they just know, oh, okay, you just try to squeeze that in there. Versus where I think there's natural things that where two ideas come back. But if you can do it super smart, there's a great way that I think the audience feels so smart when they hear a callback as well, because they feel like you did it because of them. It's as if though they were a part of it. They're like, oh, you said that before, and now I know why that joke hits even harder kind of thing. I love callbacks. I'm just, I just say, don't try to force callbacks. Let it come naturally if the joke takes you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I see young comics do is try to force them. Shoehorn one in just because they know what a callback is, so they want to check that box on their yeah. set list. But yeah, if there's a natural one that comes up, but I've never like sat down and just like written a callback. It's just kind of evolved exactly. through performing yeah. the set a lot, and you may start to find new connections and stuff that way. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is a this is a dig. I cracked myself up. Said he was listening to the Ralphie May Masterclass, um, which is very good. I think it's still on YouTube, but um, yeah. it's like three or four the, hours. It's crazy. It's really good. I listened to the um, what's him call it too recently. Somebody sent it to me. The the Seinfeld one. No, another one at the comedy store. Ari Ari Shafir did one. Ari, yeah, that a long time Ari ago. Shafir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're all still on YouTube. Yep, they are. Um, but uh, he said I was listening to Ralphie May Masterclass, and he suggested staying away from facial hair. <laughs> Thoughts: Staying away from facial hair. Well, the first time I shaved my mustache was because Louis Anderson told me I should. Um, and then I just grew it out. But again, now I have a mustache. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I've performed with a mustache a few times now, and it's gone great. So we'll see. But I think it can be distracting. Because um, I think Ralphie used the analogy of politicians not having facial hair because it can affect... like trust and it 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 like psychologically but i mean you know uh there's famous comedians with facial hair i don't think it's a one hard and fast rule of whether or not you should or not but um i think it's kind of what's natural and authentic to you basically so the mustache is tbd on that yeah. thank you <laughs> uh, yeah jeff foxworthy as well i think um i was talking to another comedian this weekend like there are rules to comedy until there are no rules you do what works and then yeah. if you're getting laughs it doesn't matter you know what i mean like everyone will tell you how to do a setup and a joke Right. But if you can do a setup and a joke where it's unconventional and you're getting laughs, then guess what? You broke the rule. Yeah. And no one's going to be mad at you for it. That's what I like. Um, there's no right way. There's your way. Yeah. I like that one. I mean, there's there's I there's joke techniques and structures and different ideas of how to do X, Y and Z. But at the end of the day, like. You can listen and learn from those and then you kind of apply them and make them your own type deal. You know, that's, that's kind of what I've done is just learned a lot of different things and then kind of applied what works for me and kind of make it my own just through trial and error and repetition. So yeah, there's, there's literally no one way in this game. There's your way and it's your authenticity that's going to shine through the most. It just takes time to, figure out what that is oh we got another another uh, a super chat from farley burge yo yo hippo character with a pink cat oh that that's the emoji he put very nice thank you farley burge <laughs> thank you oh hilarious like oz said similar to no shorts on stage that being a rule but he saw Chappelle do it and Fluffy is a multi gajillionaire and he wears shorts and Hawaiian shirts on stage. So Good it's billionaire. And he has facial hair. <laughs> he just broke every every like supposed rule and he's one of the biggest comics in the world. So no big deal. Yeah. No biggie. Um that may all of them there's just so many roasts that it's hard to see alvaro just asked a question i don't know if you're going back in time but alvaro's question is pretty solid you see it um hold on i think i, I found one from jack allen is alvaro's near the bottom yeah uh all right let's 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 get a timer going Let, let's get a timer going let's get our timer here all right lightning round Ding, 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 ding. Lightning round. Here we go. Question number one of lightning round. 
Aaron Arledge, do you have any tricks to get people to focus and stop talking? Sometimes you stopping talking on stage will actually make other people stop talking because then they realize the background noise is gone and then they'll look at the stage to see what's happening. You can also shush people. I've had that work. And you can politely ask them to stop talking. I had people at one of my shows this weekend, they were talking and I was like, hey, like, and I, I didn't like, I wasn't like destroying heckler or whatever. I was literally just like, hey, I can hear you. If you would like to talk and you're not enjoying it, you can go inside. But like, it's kind of disturbing people around you. And then I just went back to my show. Like, I didn't make a whole bit out of it. I literally just talked to them as a person and then they stopped talking. Yeah. Or you can yell, hey, I'm trying to fulfill my dreams here. Um, would you yeah. mind not saying anything until yeah. my dream is fulfilled? You could try that. I've done that um, as well. So I've, I've done. <laughs> you could just ask them to stop talking in a very polite and conversational way. Yes. That's a good place yeah. to start. Yes. The key is if they're talking, there's probably more people hearing it that it's not just you that is distracted by it. It's probably distracting a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times clubs can't get to those people fast enough to try to ask them. So you as the person who's like center stage has to be the one to be like, hey, would you guys mind? Because everybody else is trying to enjoy the show. Indeed. Uh, Jack Allen, if you're a new act not getting paid or not getting paid anything significant, is there a limit to the amount of time you'll drive for a certain number of minutes to perform. Early on, I drove 12 hours for $50 and 15 minutes. Um, early on, yeah, I would drive anywhere for longer sets. But exposure, you got exposure. It got paid in exposure, exactly. <laughs> See, I've driven a long way for not a lot of money, but it was more stage time, or it was in like another scene that I could meet people and like network that way. But yeah, so early on, but now, yeah, a lot of no's now. Cool. Early on, that stage time super valuable though. So yeah, go for it, Jack. It's, it's again, there's no hard and fast rule. What are you comfortable with? Like, what do you want to do? It's just what I did. Yoshi, do you have an opinion? Oh, two seconds. <laughs> okay no 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 i mean you 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 said it it's just do what you can based on your limitations there's no hard and fast rule just do what you can i'm i, I feel like i'm getting roasted like this like as we're trying to pay attention so oh are you more, more and more roast <laughs> yeah there's a lot somebody said, you look like baby like a baby's hiding vegetables in his cheeks and then somebody said the lines on my face look like a topography map and I'm like, uh, that must mean you know geography. Oh, uh, looks like the map of a village in Africa. Oh, oh, do we need to block this person? Is this Brian? No, fine. You're fine <laughs> with his. And if you know the village, Bruh, uh, he please earlier he that please tell them that I'll be there next week. <laughs> he did say, um, this video chat looks like two racists doing exposure therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you love the KKK so much? <laughs> and then I'm like, why can't I say the word? <laughs> All lives matter. <laughs> Is that not true? Going. We just keep going back. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike. Mike jumps. Who? Mike Jumps. Who? Mike Jumps. Who? Oh, he said he loves the channel. Um, thank you, Mike. And any surefire ways to warm up the crowd as the host? Yeah, I always say uh, put the crowd in a good mood. Um, I always say sort of just like positivity, um, really get them excited about what they're going to see. I always think it's important to get the crowd going in a positive mood for the rest of the show. I think one way is to get them excited about coming out 
uh, get them excited about what they're going to see, but also like just get them excited for being out and about, I think is a cool thing that hosts can do is just like, thank them, be grateful for them coming out to see the show, grateful for them um, spending their money, give it up to the place, give it up to the venue, like just like accolades kind of like all around, I think is an important thing that hosts should do just up top before material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your job as a host is just to be welcoming and set a good vibe and energy for the show. It's not even necessarily to kill. So yeah. Yeah. Making announcements, welcoming people, give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Give the venue a round of applause. Give the comics you're going to see tonight a round of applause. Just getting them in the mood for a comedy show is really your job as a host. So, and that'll get them warmed up. That'll get them listening and engaged with you. And then you can go into your material from there. For sure. Um, you are the appetizer. You are not the main course. <laughs> yeah, which I think is why every comic should host a show because it forces you out of setup punch like I have a set list mode and forces you to actually figure out how to create an authentic connection with the audience and actually and be, be more present. conversational on stage. Yes. Yeah. And be present. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I recommend every comic host a show just to learn the business side and how annoying it is when they're at other shows asking when they can go up and things like that. When can I go up? Am I next? Can I go up early? I know I was late, but, you know, all those things. So, nice. Yeah. Um. Did you say Alvaro asked one? Maybe this is the last one. Oh, I see it. Um. Are there any questions you ask yourselves when writing personal material i've been writing down a lot of personal stuff but can't find the funny in it game recognize game he also said yeah uh I, um when writing personal stuff i think the key is to really find your unique perspective on that personal thing it's about the prize jokes and comedy has to have an element of surprise so just writing about your day isn't necessarily enough what's something surprising that's interesting about your day i think uh john Kuz, kuma kuzma that we kept messing up his name really talked about how you connect with just your everyday like thing what is it that you do on a regular basis that audiences just i mean it's not that they know or they don't know but what is it that you do every day that people would find interesting connect to that find the interesting thing and go write about that i think really it's about just practicing in that mindset that you have all the tools already it's just a matter of working it out from a writing perspective we could probably go longer on that one but yeah i think it's tough on personal material it's just got to be interesting yeah, it's like a lot of my favorite stuff started out as interesting and then just finding the funny angle or funny perspective on it over time. So, I mean, earlier in the live chat, Jerry Kroll had mentioned how, you know, I do a lot of gardening and I now have jokes about gardening. And he's like, oh, you could do more and actually kill it on the home and garden circuit, which I will say I have thought about and um, for yeah. sure. Um but basically how I've found humor in the gardening stuff is like I tied it to my marriage and how like we needed to start a garden, which meant me is outside digging holes in a hundred degree <laughs> weather. And like how I'm at a point in my life, the only high I get is from hydrangeas. Like yeah. I just kind of, I was like, Oh, I really like gardening. I'm doing this a lot. Now, For how sure. can I find a funny angle or a funny way to kind of twist and put like a personal kind of funny spin on it. So I tie it to my marriage and I tie it to me as an adult whose drugs are like, you know, it's hydrangeas. I'm just like a boring old man now. So um, I think step one is what Alvaro says, though, of like you get a lot of personal ideas out and a lot of personal stuff out on the page. Not funny, but true yeah. and authentic to you. And now whatever excites you the most, start working towards what's the funny angle or the funny point of view or funny experience 
that you can connect and attach to it. X. Yeah. Nice. That's good though. I mean, I think personal stuff is, is where I would say it's the evergreen stuff because no one can ever steal the material. Mm, yeah. 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 And, and that's it's like, what's good about personal. yeah. Yoshi and I are both married. Basically every married comic has marriage material, but how you make it still personal, how you make such a universal topic personal is it's you put your unique spin on it. You put your unique point of view, your unique experiences um, based on that topic. Great question though. Oh yeah. And John Kuzma, he's, he like, he's like a manager. Basically he manages a couple social media comedians. So he came on the show a few weeks ago and good segue into landing the plane is we will be in Charleston this Thursday. Thanks to John. He actually booked us on his show. He does out there yeah. in Charleston, which Jody Carter said, looking forward to seeing you guys and the mustache Thursday in Charleston. Um, so yeah, the John Kuzma episode is available on the podcast. It's already out. Um, so yeah, great question though. Yeah. Good stuff today. A lot of roasting. And what's funny is Aaron, when you, when you were about to come on late, Aaron Arledge commented that we should start roasting Yoshi now for being late. And then all that's been happening is you getting roasted in the comments. And he said, I regret it. I regret saying that is what he said. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I felt bad about being late, then I, I'd, I'd probably be bothered by it, but I don't feel bad. I was picking up. Yeah, this kids, is free. So. And I want yeah. everyone to remember that. <laughs> that we do this every week we live stream on our facebook group and our youtube channel every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time ish um for free <laughs> so let's all remember that as free we 99. go forth free 99 free i love the game so if you do enjoy us share this with your fellow comedians when you're out at shows Talking about sure. comedy. Hey, have y'all heard Hot Breath? They've interviewed X, Y, and Z, or they do this awesome live stream every week. It's the best Air comedy week. resource in the game. Er week. Er week. So. Er week. And if you want to book us, we are yeah. available for booking. We are. Now. Yeah. And we can do corporate clean, all that. So if you have a holiday party, let's talk. We're working comedians. We want to work. This is free, yeah. but if you got, a, if you got an that. avenue, a HOA, uh, <laughs> a uh, what do you call those things? A Toastmasters meeting, yeah. a sales call, a leadership call. If you got any of those, mm -hmm. holla at us because we are we're we're good people. We're hilarious, and we will make your yes, people laugh. Absolutely. So go forth with your days, hot brother and sistren. And we'll see y'all next Tuesday. Brian said, it looks like you borrowed your mustache from your son. <laughs> <laughs> Brian got one at the buzzer. We love you all. See y'all next week, hot breath verse. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.